Hello and welcome. This is Pastor Deborah, Agape Love, Love is Here Ministry. And this is the introduction to the webcams, to all the videos, and I wanted to introduce you to me before you got started. And I wanted to talk to you a little bit about what the webcam series is, are going to be about. I wanted to let you know that the first series uh, is going to be a rediscovery series. And as we travel through and we learn and grow, there'll be more and more series of rediscovery. I want to let you know that I'm in a pattern. I have been highly trained and educated, and I am coming to you as a partner and ally of the most highest and mightiest general there ever is, Agape Love. I like to use the analogy that in World War II, in order to set millions and millions and millions of people free, an entire continent, nations, and resources, and the next generations and the next generations, it took allies and partners from many, many nations, highly trained in many different areas, all coming together for one purpose, to set people free. Free people cannot stand the thought of other human humans and humanity being in bondage and slavery and can't get free. So I serve under a general, Agape Love, Love is here. Agape Love is the most powerful general there ever is. It will take you beyond all borders, through every nation. It doesn't need any papers. It travels in a world that most people don't understand nor see. I am sort of a resistance fighter, an underground fighter. But I'm also out in the open, a teacher. And these videos on webcam are going to be teaching lessons. There will be many different series that will come along to help you. And I hope that you enjoy them and that you get to know me and you get to know yourself and you get to know others. So enjoy the webcam videos. Some of them have different lengths, but the main goal of each one is to bring hope and encouragement to you the person that you have not yet met, the person that has been hidden from most of yourself, but not from others, and to help you discover that there is more to you than you know. And because I am a trained fighter, and I work very closely with Agape Love, we're going to be doing some, setting some things free. If you've ever watched any of the World War II stories and how Europe was invaded, some of the countries invited the people in. Some people welcomed. Other people did not have a choice. And yet they all ended up in the same place, bondage, to something that was more powerful more vicious and tormenting and vexing. So here we are. Since humanity began, we have had problems in our hearts and our minds, feelings and our emotions. And boy, we have tried to figure it out. 
And there's a good article, uh, a video that you can watch called Equal Partners. Because a lot of us don't understand what is going on with us. Why do all the problems that we all want to solve and live in peace and harmony and have a wonderful life, why can we not solve them? There are so many smart and intelligent people all over the world in every nation going to school, learning, trying everything they know how to help humanity. Their hearts are so wonderful that they love and they don't like to see anybody hurting and vexed and tormented. And they're trying with every ounce of knowledge they have to figure it out. And there's resistance fighters such as me that we know you have to have something stronger than what we know. Throughout history, most of humanity believed in a connection to a higher power. And that higher power was a loving higher power. And it wanted to help us. And it wanted to touch us and caress us and be a part of our lives. Well, somehow, things got messed up. And we no longer really invite a higher power into our lives to help us. And we have turned mainly to other ways, which is working some. We are getting some results. But this enemy that's unseen that continues through thousands and thousands of generations. doesn't seem to end. The war is never solved. There's little breaks every now and then, but it goes on. Everybody's asking the question, how do I stop it? How do we end this unseen war that attacks us, that attacks our children and our loved ones? How can we find peace? How can we get along with each other? And yet there's no answers. Humanity seems to be trapped in bondage and slavery to unseen enemies that it cannot see or hear, doesn't believe in. So it has no answers. And we all put along trying to figure it out. We're trying so hard. Every nation is trying. Every educated person, every mama, every father, everybody. We even got dogs and animals trying to help us and love us and support us. All of our spiritual leaders are trying to help us. We're all trying to be free. And we're trying to get somewhere, but we don't know where. And we don't know how to get there. So I'm here through these videos to help you. I am a special person. As I said, I'm a resistance fighter. I go undercover. I travel in that unseen world, unseen realm. I also travel in the natural realm. And I live in a home. And I do a lot of other things. But I am a soldier in a war as an ally, desiring that many others come along with a God to help set people free in every nation, from an unseen invader that has set up, entrenched itself, embedded, entombed itself in our lives, whether it's in our spirit, our soul, or our physical body. And it rules us and reigns us and torments us into deep slavery and bondage. And we don't know how to get free. So hopefully 
these webcams will begin to give you hope that there is freedom and to rediscover ways that have been long forgotten so that we can come together as allies and partners in a world war that crosses every nation, every boundary, and we can defeat this enemy that has tormented humanity since its beginning. And we will learn how to fight back, how to resist. We'll know it when it shows up, and we know what its goals are. So enjoy all the webcams. I hope to get better at this. This is kind of new to me. I'll still keep making the videos. And if you want to email me or contact me, you are welcome to. My email address is Pastor Deborah. D-E-B-O-R-A-H at agapeloveishere.org You may link to me on LinkedIn at Pastor Deborah. Love is here. There are some videos on there. Also, you may, I'm on Twitter under Pastor Deborah. Love is here. I also have a YouTube channel called Hidden Kingdoms. There's a lot of videos there. I'm all also on four different podcast platforms. I think it's iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Intune. So if you have an Alexa or something, you can ask for Pastor Deborah. There are some uh, audios you can listen to. And also I have the website, www.agapeloveishere.org. I'm already currently in partnership with people in Nepal and Kenya, Philippines, and here in America. And if you wish to call me on the phone, text me. Now, I do not have a smartphone, so I'm not up there yet. Uh, at 1-850-501-5040. That is Central Time in the United States of America, Pensacola, Florida, which happens to be about three hours east of New Orleans beautiful beaches kind of hot right now but been here a long time and I am learning how to do this webcam stuff so hopefully I'll get better and I will be able to teach better for you so enjoy each video and please feel free to email me with questions I'll get back to you we got a war to win and people to set free. You are invited to become an ally, a highly trained soldier, and a partner with the mightiest general there ever is, Agape Love, and help set people free. Love always and forever, Pastor Deborah. Hello again. Pastor Deborah, did everybody come back from the bathroom break and having your snacks? Okay, excuse me. We're in a big, big auditorium here in my house, my living room. And there happens to be billions and billions of people here, even though they're not here in the natural, they're here in the spirit. And today's teaching is in the garden with the living creatures, as I always do. Today... This is going to be another episode or series of the King and the Kingdom series. Today's topic is what is a word? On the last one, we talked about why a word desired to be king 
in our lives? What role did it have to play? What purpose was it there in our lives? And what power did it have? What authority to be the ruler, the king of our three-part system? Today, I want to talk about what is a word? Anybody have an idea? Somebody talking? Yes, that, that's true. Thoughts? Yes. Yes. What? Songs? Okay. What? Pictures? Okay. I have a very interactive audience. A lot of people, they know with me, they can raise their hand, speak up, talk, and we'd love to hear from them. Well, today I want to talk to you about what is a word. Anybody had any classes on it since they were in kindergarten? How many of you remember being in kindergarten and we would look at a picture of something? We used the word dog. And our teacher would show us a picture of a dog, many different kinds of dogs, and we would get some letters. D-O-G. And then our eyes would see the picture of the dog. We would see the letters on the board, D-O-G. We would be told that those letters, which are symbols, and when you put them together, they spelled and they meant that picture. A lot of times in kindergarten or first grade, they have two kinds of learning. One called uh, phonetics, where you learn to sound out the words. Because when we're little babies, all we do is hear people talking. We're listening for sounds where our brain is learning. It's getting sounds in and it's connecting a sound with something. I could get a cookie and I could tell you that cookie is a dog. And over time, if I said that to you enough, you would believe that the name of that thing, the, what I would call, or everybody would call it cookie, you would believe it was called a dog. That's how it works. So a word makes a connection to something. Provides us with information. It identifies something. It, if we've been taught, then the word also, when we hear a word, we get a picture. If I tell you, um, say the word apple or date or horse, you automatically in your brain see a picture of an apple, a date, and a horse. Why? Because a word has made a connection to a picture that you have experience with and in your brain, these two things go together, connecting. So a word is a way of explaining, demonstrating, identifying, showing us something about something, its likeness, its nature. So words are connections. Okay, they form connections. To what? Everything. So in today's teaching here in the garden, 
if you know what I feel like, I feel like I'm back in Athens and I'm in the amphitheaters and we are outside, which we are in the garden. It's always outside. There is another part of the garden that has cities and castles and stuff, but usually we're sitting outside under the trees, so to speak. It's very pleasant here. I feel like I'm an amphitheater and I'm down and they're sort of out there. So today's lesson about what is a word, you know me, I got my little three points. One, image. We're going to talk about how a word is an image, a picture, a representation, a manifestation of something. Two, it's the likeness. The very nature of it, it represents something. And three, it's the nature and the character of what the word is telling us. Well, of what? Okay. Words just aren't out there by themselves. Words are a connection, a communication system. They're trying to talk to us about something trying to show us an image. Like if I say dog, you think certain kinds of dogs that you've had experience or seen pictures. Right up here. Okay. It's all happening up here. Okay. When I say the word, your ears hear a word. Boom. Inside there, a picture comes up from where? Electrical chemical. Likeness. If I tell you a word, a dog is like, has four legs. Pictures come up. Words describe things. Nature and character. The words can tell me the nature of something, the character of it. So word, a words are very important. Why do I teach about word? In the King and Kingdom series. Because you've learned that inside the spirit, soul, and physical body of us, words from every source of our life, from the three realms, from the natural realm, the emotional, mental realm, the spiritual realm, are competing to be king inside here. And rule all of our, our parts, sort of, all of our faculties, all of our abilities. Rule our sight, sound, and ear, our decision-making. So we can make decisions and we can, whether they're good ones or bad ones. And when we make a decision based on a word and its image, likeness, nature, and character, we are serving it, we are worshiping it, we are bowing down to it. And then we expect to get blessings and benefits from it. And we believe it with everything we have on the inside of us. Even if the word is connected to some bad things. So there's belief. So a word is a manifestation of something. Now, all of us have words inside of us. We talk to ourselves. We have thoughts. We're out here. People are talking. When you hear, when you look at a, uh, King David over in Florence, Italy, the marble statue, Sistine Chapel, been there. 
The pictures are talking to us. They're speaking. From where? We all are interpreting the pictures differently. So inside of us, the interpretation, the word, of what that image is showing us could be different. We could all look at the statue of David. doesn't have any clothes on, you know. And, we, and there are ten people are there, and we could all believe and think and have different words, feelings, and emotions about the same statue. Why? Because inside of us, we've all had different experiences, We've all been told different things through communication about the physical body, about this guy David, uh, about the, the artist who created it, about the artwork. So inside of us, the word is working. And the word is something like this. There's a great story. And it's like this. People are talking to us all the time. They're throwing out words, just like seeds in a, a field. Throwing out words, throwing out words, throwing out words, throwing out words, songs, poems, songs, poems, poems, songs, poems, pictures, moving, people talking. Words are flying everywhere. Now, it's sort of like we reach into a big pot and just throw them out there. Now, if you're there, how do you know which ones to receive into yourself? that will get planted in your mind that you will let take root. The story goes, this one guy, I tell you, it's about Jesus. Everybody knows he was alive. He was a prophet and a teacher. Now, he was many, many other things besides those two things. And But when he was being a teacher, sitting out in the fields with everybody, sort of like here, he knew they didn't understand a lot of what he was going to try to tell them. Because most people who are very, very spiritual, it's hard to explain that world to people who aren't there yet. So you have to talk to them in parables or fables. A lot of all of our fairy tales, our Aesop's fables, our golden books, our Walt Disney movies, our uh, Arabian Nights, all of that is talking to us in a way that we can understand and behind it are deep revelations. So this guy named Jesus, sitting out in the fields, and he's talking. He starts talking about that. He's like a sower. He has a word to throw out, okay, to speak to people. Throwing words is like speaking. Singing songs, writing poetry, talking, communicating. It's like throwing seeds out in the field. He said, okay, now, the seeds fall on a field. And, of course, the person who is speaking the words, doesn't matter who it is, mamas, dad, kings, uh, crown princesses, dogs, animals, we're all trying to communicate something. And we want somebody who's listening to believe us. So Jesus talks about how when a sower throws the word out, now, here's where the revelation came, comes in. He said, the seed, some of the seeds are good seeds. Some of them are like not so good seeds. But they both want to be planted into your heart, your, to your subconscious mind. 
It wants to grow up and sprout and produce fruit. Now, if good words come along, okay, let's say, and try to tell you, you're a nice person. But on the inside, your heart is hard. It's a rock. You've been hurt. You've been abused. You don't believe somebody. They're another faith. They got a different religion. They're a, oh, they're a female. They're just a kid. Your heart, your subconscious mind, is hard as a rock. And that word, that good word that, hey, you're a nice person like to get to know you better. You don't believe it. Your heart is so hard through abuse, been hurt. It's got a deep, deep covering, a veil over. It will not let that good word come in. It's called a veil of flesh. It's like the foreskin of a penis. It will not let the it will not allow the good stuff to come in. So what has to happen? That's one kind of heart. And any good thing that tries to come in, it just repels it like the duck off of water. The water off a duck's back. That's the first kind of heart. Okay? It's called a hard heart. We run into it all the time. We see it everywhere. It's full of pride and selfishness. I ain't going to follow you. I'm going to listen to your words. Even if you're a doctor and you want to help me, I ain't going to listen. Okay. The second kind of heart that a word is trying to implant its image, likeness, nature, and character in is something that it does get planted, but it's got real little bitty soil. And, this, and there's a lot of rocks around it. And there's not much water. The, the seed gets in it, and it sprouts, sends down its roots, and a little bitty thing comes up. But then here comes the sun, test time. Here comes some bad stuff happening. Somebody hurts you. Somebody lied to you. Uh, somebody steps on your toes. Somebody steals your money. Somebody abuses you in all sorts of ways. You can't trust anybody. When that happens, the little word that got planted cannot survive. Withers away. Never got a chance to bring forth its image, its likeness, and its nature. So the, the soil, the heart stays hard. Protected. Dried up. Ain't gonna let nothing in. Then there's another kind of heart in your subconscious that somebody has come along and loved on it, not asked anything of it, just loved you, don't want anything from you, don't want to be an ambassador with you, don't want any money from you, don't want anything, just want to love you as a human being. And that love starts pouring in. And the person starts believing. That hard heart starts softening. And it starts allowing a word 
Not the kind of love that's sexual or between a man and a woman or a man and a man. or a, Okay? It's a different kind of love that's coming in. And it starts breaking up that old hard soil. So a word can be received. And it can set its image and likeness, its nature and character into the heart. And it will start growing. Now, there's two levels of words. There's the natural world. I can tell you, I love you. And inside of you, you might say, yeah, she loves me. She wants to marry me. She wants to have sex with me. She thinks I'm physically attractive. Or he does. Or you want something from me. I'm so lonely. Also, I could say, I love you as a human being. Don't want anything from you. What do you mean you don't want anything? Just value as a person. And then there's the love in the spirit. And that stuff, is, there's some good stuff and bad stuff. I have to move in the spirit realm and I have to work with that spirit, that forever person who doesn't believe he is one with his subconscious. And is what I see in the subconscious, because I have to learn about that, the, at that time the spirit is a part of it. And I have to get underneath of that old hard soil and go deep inside to implant the image and likeness and nature and character of agape love. Agape love is a word. It has an image. It has a likeness. It has a nature and a character. And from that, if it can get planted... The tree of agape love will grow in the spirit. It will produce fruit. It will then go to the soul. The soul won't believe it because the soul is a tough, tough cookie. And the soul is the guy I told you that he has the disassociation and it's, uh, can have many, many different parts of himself through the ability of the spirit. But a word is wanting to come inside of you. It's wanting you to believe it, get have conception in you, and produce its fruits. And when it starts, when you conceive it, it's like a baby, it starts growing. And you start caring for it, nurturing it, believing it, right or wrong. It could be a lie, but you don't know that. Some people have to believe things in order to survive. Because in their culture or in their faith, if they publicly state they believe something else, another word, they will be killed. Because that word and that religion and that faith is afraid of losing control of its territory and having the spirit and the subconscious part of that person, their heart, worship and serve something else. I want to tell you a story about, I like to tell stories, I have so many of them. And uh, I met this young man, he's on, gone to heaven now, and uh, he served 
on the council of 13 internationally. It's a multi-generational Satanist. His family, which was called Black Forest Clan out of Germany, which doesn't exist anymore. I had to take that one down. Uh, he, they sat in the third position. And this young man was actually a baby from the Lebensborn out of Germany from the SS soldiers and women in Germany. And, uh, and he goes on back to the Germanic tribes that kicked butt to the Romans and even back to the Druids, back to Ireland and stuff like that. Okay, so he's a high priest. And uh, what happened was people get very curious about me because I just love them. And they could look at my spirit and they could see there's something different about it. And I get tested. And sometimes I almost fall off the cliff, but then I catch myself. That almost happened. And I have to remember who I'm working for and who I'm an ambassador for and what I'm supposed to be doing. So I have to be careful. So this young man, okay, he was used to being in control. And what would happen is he would come to me in the spirit and I would just tell him I loved him. Wanted him to go to this place where I was going to be going. Didn't want him going down to hell. He had actually been practicing uh, burning his hand with flames to get used to that. Because that's where he believed he was going to go and rule. A very powerful man. Uh, I think his family's out of England now. I have lots and lots of money. And uh what happened was, I was able to get him to accept the word I was giving him, which is, there was somebody who loved him that he didn't know yet. Because in that world, they don't they believe uh, things that uh, another god named Satan, Lucifer, uh, he's the boss. And I said, well, he was for a long time. But somebody came along named Jesus, who was a teacher and a prophet and something else called the son of the living God. And uh, he kicked butt, even though it didn't look like it, from a cross, he took care of business. And uh, what happened was, he didn't believe it, but eventually, after just loving on him, in the spirit, and following me around, this is a strange story, I used to do uh, ministry in a nursing home. He would go in the body of somebody in a wheelchair, because he just wanted me to hug him. And I had another time when he would show up in a lady. And uh, because he was involved in deep, deep stuff, uh, he had gotten, he f started following the same uh, God that I follow, sort of switch sides. Uh, he was on the list to be killed because he had become a traitor. And we hear that in a lot of other religions. If you convert or you follow somebody else, you're going to be killed. So I had to deal with this very early. So I was at a university, and I was living, and this lady said to me, who I sort of knew, she said, would you please come over here and hug me before I go and die? Now I looked at her, and I'm thinking, you never talked to me like that before. But I said, okay. So I went over and hugged her, and I knew it was this young man because he was going to die that night. And um, because he was a traitor. And what happened was he started believing in deep in his spirit, and it was causing problems within his subconscious 
that in Satanism is highly created like the Manchurian candidate and broken up purposely to be disassociative. And um, some things were happening in that system that Satan didn't like. So this young man knew he was going to die, but he was willing to pay the price. He just wanted to get a hug from me. So his spirit was inside of that lady, and I'm hugging the lady's body. Now, this doesn't seem right, but the, I did it. And then I had to save his butt that night in a meeting. And I'll tell you another story, how I got into this, presenting the word to the spirit, talking to the spirits that are in physical bodies, presenting a word, an image, a likeness, nature, and a character, so that I could do battle against the words that had already been set up in their lives. I'm bringing in another word, bringing in another power, another source. And you can see this when you go watch the Hobbit movies, uh, the second one of the Hobbit, not the Lord of the Rings, but the, uh, I think it's Hobbit, when Gandalf's on the bridge and he's battling Sauron. And we got dark clouds coming, and here's uh, Gandalf, and he's holding, and they're coming, and it's push, 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 push. Okay, that's how it is sometimes. When two words come together, it's war. And then when he's in the, the Lord of the Rings and he's on the bridge against the uh, demon, okay, that's, that is the world that the word in the hidden realm of kings and kingdom of the spiritual world lives in. So what happened was this young man, I hugged the lady. Okay, he went off to a meeting that night and I had to take care of business, usually and stop whatever was happening. I had to prove that the word I was saying to him was real. That this love that I was talking about was more powerful than that dude that he was fixing to die for. I had to demonstrate it and manifest it and prove it. So the word will back itself up. Now, this other case had to do with uh, I was approached in church and somebody wrote me a note that another high, high, high Satanist who worked with the Mafia and some other bad gangs and stuff wanted to meet me. I go, okay. But he wasn't there physically. His daughter, who was nine years old, was. And she was going to meet me on some steps outside. And the two of us physically were going to sit there. But there were going to be three of us spiritually there. Now, this is how hard I had to learn how to move from the natural world into the spiritual. I had to go and sit with a little girl. But, but no, there were three human spirits there. Interact with a man. Interact with the little girl. And me be there. Whew, that was hard. But that was some of my training. They were asking, they were challenging this word. Earthquakes were happening in their world, which is happening right now over in the Middle East. Okay, another word with some power in it, bringing in another image, another likeness, another nature and character of something that these people know not of. And it's causing problems spiritually where Satan has controlled 
were darkness and ignorance, and other words have been king and rulers. So what is a word? It's a connection. But it's also an image of something. It's a picture. It's poetry. It's a song. It's a marble statue. It's a Sistine Chapel. It's a bridge. It's a building. It's a house. It's a person. It's a word. It's the likeness of something. It shows something. Some words, their likeness are not very nice. Dark. Go watch the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit trilogy. Go watch another movie. I just saw it today. Start crying at Walmart. The Book of Eli with Denzel Washington. Excellent. The power of words to control people. You'll see that in the Book of Eli. That after some great war and the earth was trying to come back, they had lost words. They had lost the written word and Eli was blind. And he had learned Braille. He had learned the King James Version. And this one man who was in the town, he knew if he got that book, he could control people. Words control people. They're connections. They have hooks in them. They have connections. They have pictures. And what comes with them? Power. So what is a word? One, it's an image of something. Two, it's the likeness of something. And three, it is the nature and the character of something. Now, like I said, if you watch the movie uh, The Matrix, the trilogy, Neil gets stuck in some train station. He meets somebody. And he's talking to this guy who's going to put his little daughter on a train. He says, oh, you love her. And he said, what is love? It's just a word. It's a connection between two people. And what people are afraid of is losing the connection between two things that this word provides. The word's a connection. Okay? The word has fruit. The word has power. We learned that last time. So in my travels, and what I'm called to do, is to reach into the deep, dark spiritual world where people have been given words and they believe things. And I'm to come in with a different image, likeness, nature, and character, start demonstrating that word to them, that what they believe is not the truth. And there is something more powerful than what they believe. And there is an image and a likeness that is more loving, more merciful. And it does not threaten you. And it does not control you. And it does not threaten to cut your head off if you go some other way. It's nature and character, the word I represent. It's not after your money. It's not after your physical love. It's not a sexual love. It's a love for the spirit. A deep connection. So what is a word? It's an image of something. And it desires to be in here 
in your mind to create pictures, memories, images, connections. It has a likeness. It can be covered though, let me tell you, there's some stuff. You can eat some foods that look real good and they are poisonous. And some words will lie to you. And if you accept them, you just took a bit of poison. And the only way to get that out is to puke it up. And somebody to go down and get that stuff out. Because bad words, lies, untruths will cover themselves with a covering, a veil. And you want to believe it. We see it all the time in our leaders, our politicians, our kings, our king, queens. They live one way in front of us. They want you to believe something that's good. And then behind the scenes with their own family, it just downright a mess. They got all the money in the world. They don't know how to handle it. They get lied to. They get abused. Then they abuse other people. What happens if you decide you want to switch allegiance? And you don't want to believe what your parents, your ancestors, you want to believe another word. And you want another image inside of you. And you want to be somebody different. And you don't want to be icky anymore on the inside and you don't want to be hard and you don't want to live in fear anymore of somebody taking your spot and you don't want to be jealous anymore and you don't want to be a multi-millionaire billionaire stepping on everything to get there what happened you don't want that you want a different word inside of you a different image and likeness and nature and character rough going what if you don't want to have mental health problems anymore and the world is telling you just learn to manage it gotta live with it what happened if you find a word that says you can be healed from that maybe it's not all chemical maybe it is maybe there's some spiritual there you study the catholic church now they've done some bad stuff but at least they believe after they have checked out your physical body and your emotional thing, if you're still having some issues and you got some voices coming out of your mouth and you're doing some things that are very, very odd, it's probably a spiritual problem that needs to be dealt with spiritually by a trained, they call them exorcist. The Protestant world, they're called deliverance workers. But mental health will tell you there's no cure. There's no hope. But what happens if a word comes along and says, I will give you a different image of your mental health problem, a different likeness, a different nature. There could be hope for healing. Maybe you have to do some work. Maybe you have to eat better, exercise. Maybe you have to do some emotional work. Well, what happens if that word comes? And you start believing that. That somebody loves me. I'm okay. 
somebody who'll be there with me. I had to, this guy I was telling you about, who's now gone to heaven, uh, he told me he had to go to a meeting. And to prove his loyalty to this guy, he had to kill his son. And it, it was test time for the word that I carried. How powerful was it? So I'm on the phone, but I'm in the script. I had to send an angel and I had to go myself and stop his hand mid-air so he would sh I could show him that no matter how many of the evil things he had, and even though he could not stop himself, I had the power from a word that I believed in, from the king I served, that it was more powerful than king he was serving. Now, his son is still alive. I believe he's over in England. Was a mess. Child pornography, just horrible mess. Some of these people, I, I'll never meet them in person. I'll see them when I get up there. Some of them I had to send them on ahead of me. Another great story about somebody got a word. It's called Owl Story. That is on the website, and it's about Owl, and he was brought up both in multi-generational Satanism. He actually was a lead singer in a heavy metal music band. He was the boyfriend of a young girl she, since she was about 10, 11, 12 years old and I met her in church. And he started listening to what I would tell him. And then he started challenging me. The letters are all on the website. And he wrote to me because uh, his time was up because the young girl had to marry her father, which happened to be the guy I was just telling you about, who's in heaven, because they have to marry their daughters to have a proper genealogy, spiritually and stuff. And uh, another word came along with another image, likeness, nature, and character. I brought the word to him, that I loved him no matter what he did and what happened to him and how, what he had to do. And I loved him no matter what. I got police to him 9-11. He was overdosing. I loved him. I wrote him letters. He wrote me. It's on the website. Another word had come along. They tested that word. They tested the image of it. They tested the likeness, the nature, and character of it. And I said, I got that word from the guy that was on the cross. The guy that went to the cross. I'm carrying his word to you. They love you, no matter what, and we are not. We will go out with you for the rest of your life and beyond. Well, he had to die. His time was up. He had been sort of like a caretaker for this young girl. She was a queen in making, and uh, he was going to die. He wrote me, called me, and said his goodbyes, and we cried. But he asked one thing, he wanted to go out with no demonic spirits, and he did, on his way up to the altar to be killed. Everything was taken out. And he got the God, the word that he believed. He wanted to be like it. And before the knife came down and cut his heart out, his spirit left his body. Because those are some other stories I have to tell you about. I'll take them now, I'll tell you. And he never felt the knife. But what he started doing was breaking the power of the word and the fear of death in those people over there. 
because he walked it with his head held high. And he showed him there is another word. There is an agape love that is more powerful than anything. And it has a different image. It will make you different. It has a different likeness to it than anything they knew. It had a different nature and character. And a lot of people don't understand that from other religions and faith. But the gods that they are serving do not have the same word and words like this. So when I come in, I bring in a different word. I bring in a different image, a different likeness, a different nature and character. And we have war, not only on the inside of the person, but in the nation, within families, and within the spirit realm. And it is tough. I had to learn the hard way. So, what is a word? How does it relate to the king? The word is a connection and it wants to rule your life. Spirit, soul, and body. And it has an image. And it has a likeness. It has a nature and a character. You ask yourself the words that you believe. What kind of image are they? What kind of likeness are they? What is their nature and character? So I wanted to give you this next teaching on the king and the kingdom. Because it's involving this system, this kingdom of spirit, soul, and body. A word is a spiritual thing. It has power. It doesn't matter if it's a good word or a bad word. They all have images. They're all connections. They all have likenesses, and they all have a nature and a character. The words represent somebody and something, and they want to rule our lives. So please enjoy this. I'll leave the board up for you to take notes, and I'm going to go and do some other work. i got to get another uh, Mental Health and Forever Person podcast ready, but enjoy I've enjoyed teaching you. It's just been a longer one. And you've heard some more of my stories. Those are up on the website. You can read them. Al's stories are actually up on YouTube. Some of this I've had to keep quiet because it deals with international people, high-ranking people, a lot of business people, kings, politicians, governments, judges, lawyers, people, big stuff. But I am trusted to able to deal with them and behind the scenes. Remember, don't forget to go watch the movie The Speech Therapist. Because you'll learn about me. I'm like the speech therapist with the King George. And go watch the book of Eli. And if you happen to be from the Middle East, go watch The Day of the Falcon. Everybody go watch Jupiter Arising, Ascending, I think it is, about rulership when you have everything. And those are some, and of course the Hobbit movies, the Lord of the Ring movies. Uh, what else? Those are some good ones. And uh, they'll help you. Oh, Neo, the, matri the Matrixes, Trilogy. Remember, I think I told you that Neo's thinking about doing four. Because Neo is a wonderful character that represents all of us. Everybody needs a Morpheus in your life. And... You need to discover things to 
rid of all the fear and unbelief and doubt. You have some powerful experiences. Slowly you learn your purpose. Right now we're just talking about a word. We all hear them. We hear them in church. We hear them in the synagogues. We hear them in the mosque. We hear them from people, from family, from culture. We hear them. And they all have an image attached to it, pictures and purposes. They all have likenesses. They all have a nature and a character. And they all want to rule our life. Enjoy, and I'll see you next time. Love, Pastor Deborah.